Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Another week, and we have not yet been fired as hosts of the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves, behind the Braves, that is, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, uh, coming to you from the Braves Alumni Lounge. This feels almost kind of like a throwback episode for us in that, you know, this is before we were putting them on YouTube, and today's not on YouTube. It's just us. It's just us in here hanging out. We've got kind of a special... Uh, Special episode planned today that I think we're going to have fun with. I think you out there in Braves country are going to enjoy it as well. Uh, before we get to that, we just want to remind you all out there, the much-anticipated Ronald Acuna Jr. bobblehead giveaway is April 26th for the first 15,000 fans through the gates as the Braves take on the Colorado Rockies. Presented by SunTrust, these custom bobbleheads are sure to go fast, and that is the truth. The first Acuna bobblehead, you better be get here early yep. for those. Make sure you get to SunTrust Park early on the 26th. And stay after the game for some Friday night fireworks. So add to your collection and get your tickets at Braves.com slash tickets. And so let's see, you got the Acuna bobblehead, Friday night fireworks, and the cool new thing we're doing this year, which I love, is the Friday night red out. It's really cool being up in the like being up in the press box and looking out over the stadium and just seeing everybody decked out in the red and the team wearing the red jerseys, which I'm a big fan of anyways. It's uh that's gonna be a good one. Twenty six, Cunha Bobblehead, Friday night red out, fireworks. Good one, huh? That's going to be popular. Yeah. I bet. You know, Acuna's been providing his own fireworks. He's just on fire. Yeah. And uh, hitting everything, driving in runs, hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So it's been – he's uh, he's having a pretty good week. I tell you, there, couple weeks. there was some interesting – you know, you sit in a press box long enough and you just you, – you'll all – because you're around the same people every day and you'll talk about whatever's going on and then you kind of get into these – not sports debates necessarily, but kind of like you'll just kind of start throwing out hypothetical scenarios to each other. And I had uh, a friend of mine works alongside me up there in the press box, had some good ones last night. He was like, okay, uh, you take Mike Trout versus Acuna, and then he was giving you these different contract scenarios, and which one would you take? And I'm sitting here going, well, it's, it's 
Like Trout is already, I think, established as, as the best there is right now, and he could legitimately retire as the best that's ever played. But he was making th- these scenarios where I'm like, I'm still taking Acuna. I still have to take Acuna. <laughs> and it's just so fun because you just sit there and watch him. And watching him do what he does, I mean, last night he hits an opposite field bomb off one knee, 450 feet or close to it. It was funny we were having that debate as he came up yeah. to the plate. And then as the ball was going out to the opposite field, I just looked at him and I said, yeah, I'm definitely taking Acuna. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, so. Was that the 3-1 breaking ball? Is that what it was? I can't even remember the I count now. it was now. like a 3-1 breaking ball. Is that ball. what it was? I, I took don't... it out middle away and drove to center field. I yeah. thought that's what it was. Yeah. Did you see earlier in the game, it was really funny when um, he was on first and uh, ground ball was hit and the double play, and he slid like – uh, he was barely halfway up the baseline and slid in the grass, and it was it was quite funny. His teammates were uh, – they were giving him a hard time in the dugout, and everybody yeah. was having some laughs. It was funny. <laughs> and then he, he followed that up with a 450-foot blast next time up. So Don't, you know. don't laugh at me. Yeah, don't don't, <laughs> la- don't laugh at Ronnie, all right? Don't laugh at Ronnie. <laughs> or maybe – you know what? If he's going to do that every time you laugh at it, maybe do laugh at him. Yeah, so my experience in the big leagues is when you're going well, you can do just about anything. <laughs> people yeah. people are like, oh, that's funny, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's great, you know. But if you're not going well, they're like, what a what a jerk. You know, stop doing that. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. All right, well, speaking – and this isn't going to be a debate show necessarily. It's, it's not a debate show. This is – we thought it would be fun – uh, to kind of do a top five Braves moments from each of us. Now, this is let me let me preface this. The most important point here is we are not declaring a top five Braves moments of all time. Like this is the list. This is my personal my Braves fan moments for me as a fan that just personally mean something to me. And Greg's as either player or fan for an office guy. What which and this is the thing we don't know each other's list. We really don't. I think that. We purposely set it up that way. I think it'll be fun to kind of go along. We'll go one at a time here and see what each other chose. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one other thing. This isn't a spoiler alert. I'm just prefacing it this way. All of my earliest Braves memories and some of my fondest ones are from a kid watching your teams in the 90s. But they're all, to me, in my mind, are all kind of like they all kind of run together. And I was so young, I don't know. Like, I loved it, and they're embedded in my mind, but I don't know that they're they, – they stick out enough. I just wasn't old enough, I don't think, to appreciate them. So all of mine are actually from my adult years as a fan and then possibly working here. And I think that might be good because, again, I don't know what your list is, but I'm going to guess that some of your moments are going to be from that time and maybe some of mine will be in a time since then. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. So, again, top five Braves yeah. moments from Ricky Mast and Greg McMichael. Yeah, That's what I, we're going to do. Go first, and then I'll decide. And these aren't – mine aren't in any particular order. Okay. But I did do some as a fan – some as a, a player, so my own personal history, and then some that I wish I had been there for. Okay, yeah. And they weren't necessarily a fan, but it's some that I've read since or seen videos of since. I'm thinking, man, that would have been unbelievable to be there for that, but mm-hmm. I wasn't. So so anyway, I got a little bit of a mixture, and then we've got some um, some uh, alternate Okay. Alternate picks. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, that's we'll, we'll go through our list of our personal five, and then we can, after maybe once we're done with that, we'll kind of go through some of those historical ones or, you know, ones we wish we'd been there for. Yeah. And I bet I bet our, our lists are definitely going to overlap. Yeah, and I guess any of our, um, our listeners, if they want to call, you know, they can't call in. They can tweet <laughs> they us. Can, they can tweet us. They can tweet at Braves, yeah. And tell us that uh, why we're wrong or why they have their own best one or ones that we may not even thought of. And of course, 
you know, we're going to have preference based on our own feelings where we were at the time when we when these were happening. And so I think everybody – we've all seen the GOAT list. I mean, greatest oh, plays yeah. of all time and certain things. And I think there's plenty of those that we can look at. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what yours, yeah. your impression was and, and some of the things that you had as a fan. I, yeah, I, I, and I'm likewise for you. I'm very curious to see what yours are. And and to your point, what you said, my number one is is that was the one I was like, okay, no, this is going to be number one because just for personally, it means a oh, lot to me. Okay, so this is actually number one. No, 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 I'll get to that. We're going to count okay. down starting with five, but the okay. other four I could have gone any order. Okay, on, just kind of like you were saying, they're not necessarily in order, but gotcha. I'll, I'll I'll go this way. Okay, all right. So my fifth one, starting at number five, counting down, July twenty sixth, two thousand eleven, Braves versus Pirates. This was a game. I've got the uh, I got the box score here. I want to go through these with you. Uh, through three innings, Greg, this was uh, there been some offense, and it was a close game. It was a tie ball game through three innings, three to three. Sixteen innings later, it was still a three to three ball game. This game went to the nineteenth inning, um, and was won on perhaps a questionable call by by the umpire by Jerry Meals at home. Perhaps a little questionable. Scott Proctor was at the plate. Yes, the pitcher, the relief pitcher. He was at the plate because that's where it's the 19th inning. Julio Lugo, uh, Scott Proctor puts it into play as a little grounder. Proctor, by the way, running to first, falls down. Julio Lugo, I've got the air quotes going, scores. <laughs> he, he may have been out. And if I say he may have been, he may have been very out. Uh, Jerry Meals calls him safe. And the game is over. He said he had enough. I think he had enough. <laughs> uh, but the game—it was just such. A, I love, love, love those. And as a player, I, you all probably hate them. I don't know. As a fan, just a standard game that all of a sudden turns into a 19-inning game and just goes on and on and on and on. As a fan, I, I generally love them. It's just very entertaining to me. Unless you're on the losing side of it, then you're just like. Oh, I just spent seven hours of my life to watch my team lose, and that's rough. But this was the other side. Now, this is the other thing I should mention. Long about the uh, – I think this is a weeknight. I'm not exactly sure. Let's see if it says it right here. Yeah, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> it, was, it was a Tuesday by myself at home watching this game just like any other ordinary time. You weren't in the man cave? Fan, no. Or the fan cave? No, 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 no. This was the year before the fan cave. Oh, okay. And I was at home watching, and somewhere around the ninth, tenth inning, I was like, eh, it's going to extra innings. I think I'll have a beer. <laughs> by the 19th, I had had all the beers <laughs> by myself. And so it was Start like playing your own games. I'm going to have one beer an inning. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had all the beers by the 19th. And when Jerry Meals made that call, now even after all those beers, I'm sitting there going, boy, I don't know if that was the right call, but I'm all in, baby. I was running around and just yelling in my house by myself like an idiot because I just invested literally like six, seven hours into this mm-hmm. game. If they didn't have – if because they didn't have replay then, or at least not for those plays. I think they had it for home runs by that point. I, I don't remember. But the, the, they definitely didn't have replay for that call. Yeah. If replay uh, had existed, then that game might still be played. Like, it, they might still be playing that game right now. Uh, but that was my number five, just one of those wow. wacky – Oh, oh gosh, I almost forgot this part. There was a little girl, Pirates fan. I think she was sitting out in the outfield at Turner Field. And she kept yelling, let's go, Pirates. <laughs> and when I say it was loud enough that the entire ballpark could hear it and the TV mics were picking it up, and they finally found her on TV. Dude, she did it for all 19 innings. She was yelling. And by the what? 19th, she was still there, and she was yelling, let's go, Pirates. <laughs> and it was, like, echoing off of all the seats in Turner Field. Wow. 
So, yeah, July 26, Braves versus Pirates. The the great Scott Proctor hit the ball, fell down. Julio Lugo <laughs> may have been tagged out but was safe. That that was my – that's my number five. Moment. Wow. It, that that night is embedded in my mind. There's a lot went into that. It was great. It was a great game. Yeah. Yeah, those those extra inning games, I was a part of one in the minor leagues that went 27. I had a teammate that pitched a complete game in relief. Really? Yeah. So, um that was uh, that was pretty amazing. Those, you can't get those out of your mind because I, I remember that like it's yesterday. I can't remember the other 27 games I played in that season, but I remember that one. Right. So it was pretty crazy. Okay, so that is that is my top – that's my fifth one. Starting with that's that. A good that was just one, yeah. a, it was a fun night, fun game. So let's go. What's, okay. what's your number five? Well, good. I'm going to start with when I was um, – I'd already been retired, and I am now – Coming to Turner Field as an alumni. So we are kicking off, really it's the first time that any of us had gotten together for a you know considerable group of us for an alumni event. And so this was in 2010. Probably February of that year, I had pitched the Braves on creating an alumni association and having the role that I'm doing now, but having that as a, you know, a daily you know, a job that we would we would really try to work with the alumni and do multiple events. But that was the year Bobby Cox had, re- had uh, announced his retirement. So we were planning a big event. I was not working for the Braves at the time, but I had pitched it to him. I was, I was just working in the area, and I was um, invited as an alumni. Bobby had announced we were going to have a big event. And I tried to find the exact date. I don't know if it was July, if it was August, but – we were bringing back as many alumni as we could find and to um, to have a big ceremony on the field. And so Bobby was doing his farewell tour. He was going, all the people were giving him gifts, kind of like what Chipper did. And at the end of the season, he was going to retire, and this was t- 2010. So I remember the first time we got – I think we had 65 alumni here. We were all dressed in our, uh, our uniform tops. We were all sitting out on the field. We had the stage. Bobby was up there, and and uh, he was talking. People were talking about him. Chipper and Chipper was still playing, and so we had a big. And it was really a big ceremony for him. And all the guys were just excited to be together. The guys were there excited to see Bobby, talk with him, and uh, that really kicked off what we know today is our Braves alumni uh, association and the Braves, the precursor to the Braves Alumni Lounge where we do the podcast. Who would have thought <laughs> back, back then in 2010 that all the stuff that we do on a daily basis with the, the alumni yearly, we have we do over 200 events, all that kind of stuff was started then. So that, that day or that weekend is etched in my mind just where it all began. And so even though I wasn't working, but it was a month later, a month and a half later that I actually started at the end of August, I was hired officially by the Braves as a contractor to start the Alumni Association. But I remember that that event that we all got together was really the first time that I saw what could happen, how cool it would be to have the alumni coming back in large groups on a yearly basis to do the things that we're doing now. So uh, that just that's a real special time for me because even though I wasn't I wasn't intimately involved in creating that that actual event, but I was already been talking and dreaming and and uh trying to uh understand what it would be like. And so I saw it for the first time and I thought, "Man, this will be really really cool to be able to do this." And here we are, 
you know, um, nine years later, ten uh, going on nine years here that uh, that we've been doing. It's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Was that? Let me ask you. Was that the day? Uh, where he got the like it was the big on field thing, and they brought him the brought truck. The car. The, or uh, the car. No, no, it was, it was a Lexus. Car. It was a Lexus. He got a Lexus. That's yeah. right. He said, "Don't give me another truck. Don't give me <laughs> yeah, truck. He had Lexus. plenty of trucks." All right. Well, so I I ended up sticking with, and I did have a hard time just picking out five. Yeah. So this was the first in my honorable mentions. Oh, really? Spoiler okay. was, uh, I along with my parents and my sisters drove down from Virginia and were in the stands that day. Really? We came to we bought tickets for because it was Bobby Cox Day yeah. or whatever they were calling it. Uh, so we were there for that, and that image, the main thing I remember was when they surprised him with that Lexus. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what kind of car it was. I'm glad you remember because yeah. I just remember that was the one thing where he was legitimately like he was smiling, kind of laughing like, okay, yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. So um, and my favorite thing hey, I remember. Yeah. He still drives it. Yeah, well, there you go. That's awesome. That's, that's I, awesome. I, I, I think it's the same one because, you know, I – Obviously, he's got a parking space here, and yeah. and uh, that, and plus, I think with everything that's going on with Bobby right now, I know that he's really battling, and and uh, we do hope nothing for the best for him, and and hope and pray that he gets back to 100%. Um, we have not had any updates; just uh, people are asking me every day. Mm-hmm. But so I was thinking about him. I was thinking about how this whole thing started, and so that was just a really good memory. So that's definitely that's my number five. That's awesome. Well, uh, you know, I said that my favorite thing from that day was his reaction to the car, but then I just realized I was talking. No, that was number two from that day. Number one that day was after the game started, mm-hmm. and you know, it was a sellout crowd because it was Bobby Cox. He get day. kicked out the second inning, did he? He came out to argue. <laughs> <laughs> and he was mad about a call, and the entire stadium is chanting, Bobby, Bobby. And I'm like, if he gets ejected on Bobby Cox Day, that would be the most the perfect thing ever. Yeah. And I don't know who the ump was, but I remember thinking, like, the ump has got to be thinking, there's no way I can eject him because it's Bobby Cox Day. But in, in my mind, I'm hey, like, it would have been, been perfect, you know? All-time you know, all time ejections leader would have been yeah, perfect. That would have been perfect. I mean, he that would that would have been ever he would have gone out in style. Yeah, it's just part. It's just so <laughs> great. Cox, Fifty thousand people chanting Bobby as he's arguing with them. It's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I'm almost I'm mad I didn't put that in my top five. No, oh, well, you know, that's good. We're covering all the that's ground right. here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess we're going on to my uh, number four for me. All right, we are going to let me bring up the the box score here so we can go through it. Uh, July seventh, two thousand and five. Uh, Turner Field, Chicago Cubs versus the Atlanta Braves. July 7th, 2005. Mm-hmm. Who is it? It's The Cubs were in town to oh, face the, the Braves. Okay. And uh, actually one of the – this was the major league debut of a, of a former guest on Behind the Braves, somebody that's on that painting behind you there, and somebody mm-hmm. that is now currently a broadcaster yeah. for the Braves. It was Jeff Francoeur's uh, debut versus uh, – Versus the Cubs that night, July seventh, and he hit a home run. I believe it was in the eighth inning that night. Uh, that moment that he hit that home run, uh, Chip Carey's call of it was fantastic. Frank Hoare hitting the bomb was fantastic. That was one of those ones for me as an adult. That was the first. I love, love, love when a when a big time prospect gets gets the debut and the call up. To me, it's just one of my favorite things about baseball. Like, and even some of the like. Uh, even not big prospects, just guys making their major league debuts. That one was one where this is a little, you know, Facebook existed. MySpace, I think, was king then, so but still pre-Twitter, pre-social media. This was still like a lot of my farm updates were from, you know, I was a chop talk, you know, monthly, got my chop talk in the mail and reading about him and then Baseball America and reading all about him and had kind of been following him since he was drafted in the first round in 02 out of Parkview. Of course, McCann had already come up. He was the second rounder in 02. 
and he'd already been making an impact on the team that year. But when we got the word that Francoeur is getting called up, that was like, for me anyways, as a Dire Braves fan, that was like, that was appointment viewing television. Like, there was nowhere else I was going to be except in front of that TV that night. And in those de- major league debuts, you always, at least I always just, you want to see him do something cool, something big. Him hitting that home run, I mean, the crowd was just, you could feel it through the television. I could feel it through the television in Virginia. The the, the <laughs> crowd was electric. Mm. I mean, the place felt like it was going to tear apart. You saw his family in the stands, uh, the reaction. He got the curtain call. It was just, it's one of those moments in my uh, my fandom that will just be in, embedded in my brain forever. Frenchie's call up. Yeah, that's pretty good. It reminds me, you know, Jason Hayward had something very similar. Yeah, and that was one of my honorable mentions. I, I didn't want to do I didn't want to do two debuts out of my five and I had to pick one and just I you could have picked it because speaking of I think Chip's greatest I think the best call of his career to me is, is Hayward's opening day home run in really? his first at bat. Okay. That welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. To me I think I could be wrong. We're gonna have Chip on at some point, I think, or I, I hope, hope so. Yeah. Hope so. Um, and I, I'd be curious to ask him what he thinks his his signature call is. I'm I'm willing to bet it would be the the Hayward one. Uh, but for me, yeah, my number four, Jeff Francoeur's debut against nice. the Cubs and nice. that that home run. All right, so uh, I'm going to draw on some personal experience. And one of my um, uh, one of my top ones was I have to, we're going to go back to 1995 in LCS. Okay, so we had just beaten barely beaten the Colorado Rockies Mm -hmm. and um and Chipper Chipper and I were talking I don't know maybe this was this might have been end of last year so I had my son with me we're down the SunTrust Club doing something and we ran into Chipper we're talking and he goes you know what you your dad um I made the best defensive play ever in my life uh, when your dad was pitching in Col- when we were in Colorado in the in a NLDS, and so he starts to talk about how this Andres Galarraga hit this the hardest ball of his life against me, and I was like, "Come on, it wasn't that. I was just a weak ground ball." So, um, so anyway, we were just coming off of that um, that series where we knew this was really the first round of the playoffs had just begun, right? So this is the first year that they did that. Because before, 93, you know, I pitched and we played. We went right to the National League Championship against the Phillies. And so then now they implemented this first round of the playoffs. So we, we squeak out of that, uh, which we felt great about. We go into Cincinnati, and it's the very first game. And so Cincinnati, you know, they played us tough all year. But, you know, we still we were confident. We had a good team. And so it's the very first game. And of course, you're on the road in the NLCS. You want to you wanna win that game. You want to win – because if you win, you split the first two, you come home for three, right? And right. then you play two more on on the road. So you want to win one of those two games. So we go into extra innings. And this, uh, the game, we it's actually the score's tied. Wollers had already pitched. He was the closer at that point. I was a setup guy. But I think Pena came in and then Klontz, they were both the, – there were three of us set guys up, Pena, myself, and Brad Klontz. Those, they, Bobby would used them. And then Wollers pitched, pitched two innings, and still tied its 11th inning. And uh, Glavin, Glavin started that game. So now, um, first guy's on. There's a walk, there's a hit, and there's an out. So there's one out with two on. They bring me in, and um, I threw a ground ball in the second pitch to Raffi. Double play ball, way out of the game. I get the save, and we win the first game. We wanted to sweep them, and we took some – there was some big momentum there. So for me personally, that was really big 
to be in the NLCS, be in the playoffs, to get a save, and we end up going on to sweep him, and then we go on to Cleveland and we win the World Series. So I look back at that. There was We gained a lot of momentum out of that Cincinnati series. And uh, so I just take, I look back at that and I just – Man, that was just a great moment for me personally, and and really enjoyed not only pitching the playoffs, but but being able to have you know some success and and knowing that it was a part of our run that year. How soon did you? How soon after the World Series win did you kind of start looking back on that one as like, man, that one really, that one stands out? Because once the title run is done, and you've done in your team, you've been a part of having done it all. Like you kind of look back, and I'm sure in whatever way you contributed, you got to feel good and hang your hat on. You know yeah. that I contributed this team but how soon after the series was that did you kind of key in on that do you think I you know probably was didn't think about it for for years but just because there's so many moments and really when you've gone through the World Series and at the end of October and now it's the off season you do think back about those things but you're so exhausted and there's so many things that have to go right Mm. there's so many things that have to happen for you to win for your team to win the World Series that that's just one for me personally there were hundreds of those throughout the season that allowed us, you know, to get into that position, allowed us to win. And, and each you could go around to each player, each member of that World Series team, and they all had something from Luis Polonia to, um, you know, to David Justice to Tom Glavin. I mean, you can go right along to the guy who was the the, the 25th player, the, the 11th player, the second player, Chipper's year. I mean, there's just a, a ton of those things, and we all could pick out something. But that was one of my contributions that stuck out in my head. That's awesome. I love hearing that. All right, so let's see. We're on to, we're on to number three now, I believe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, my third, uh, top, my third Braves moment here, top five moment uh, from my Braves fandom, my favorite Braves moment. We're going back to May 20th of 2010. This is a Thursday day game at Turner Field. The Cincinnati Reds were in town uh, to face the Braves. Going to the ninth inning, the Braves were trailing nine to three. They finished that ninth inning having won ten to nine. They scored seven runs on, and they won the game uh, on the Brooks Conrad walk-off the mm-hmm. unbelievable walk-off like if you're a Braves fan you've been a Braves fan for a little while if you don't know that moment look it up on YouTube and watch it he hits it he rounds first and he thinks that it's been caught out in left field because he kind of turns around go back to the dugout has his hands up over his head I'm motioning to Greg like y'all can see what I'm doing right now <laughs> <laughs> but I'm mimicking what Brooks you what do Brooks have a did. camera on your uh, I do on yeah your laptop yeah so somebody's <laughs> probably watching right yeah, the big right. brother's probably watching me through there anyway so um that moment to me him his story that year and this is part of the reason that I love that moment for him is as I really dislike uh, the way that a lot of fans and a lot of people remember his time with the Braves and how it ended uh, in the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. They, there's a lot of folks who only want to remember the errors he made in, in the playoffs that year, and my counter to that is, well, there's zero chance that team is in the playoffs without his contributions that year. Not just that one walk-off against Cincinnati, which was incredible, uh, but – he came up in a lot of big moments that year, and he was kind of a journeyman guy who made the team out of. I don't. I can't remember if he made the team out of spring training or if he got called up after the season started. I, forgive me, I didn't look that up. But either way, he ma- managed to find a, his way under that roster, and he came up in more than one big spot that year. I remember he never forget he was. He's guy didn't have didn't wear batting gloves. You know, I think they called him Raw Dog because of that because he was just up there hacking and. Had some big hits, some big moments for that team, and because of injuries, was end up end up in the game as a starter in, in the NLDS. 
and made some errors, and there's some fans that only seem to want to remember that, and that bothers me because he was a huge contributor to that team all season and a huge reason why that team was even in the playoffs to begin with. He was a pinch hitter. That's what he was there to do, have some power off the bench. Um, and to me, that moment is that walk-off grand slam. Seven runs in the ninth out of nowhere, and you end it with the with the unlikely hero hitting the walk-off grand slam. He thinks that it did, that they get, got caught, but it actually went off the webbing of the glove mm. and over the wall, wins the game. That moment of him turning around thinking, oh, I blew it, and then he sees the whole team rushing out of the dugout celebrating. was like, wait, what? What? It went out? And then he turns around and you know, has his, <laughs> has his you know, fist up in the air. That to me, that is, uh, I was, I forget, I was working for my family's little small business back in Virginia. I was at the office. Now we had a, now I'm not bragging here, but we had a 13 inch TV in the back that had a combo like VCR built into it. Nice. So that's what I was watching this game on. And again, in the middle of work, I was jumping up and down, losing my <laughs> mind watching a Braves game on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, and my sister, who was one, or at least one of my sisters, was there. They'd just gotten out of school and happened to come by the office, and she was there watching. They were watch, watching it with me, and we're all losing our minds watching this mm-hmm. tiny little crappy TV with a VCR built into it. Uh, that's just one of those moments. It, it'll be there forever. It was wow. such a such a great moment, and I hope that uh, Brooks Conrad. I hope that that's the moment that sticks out for him in, in his Braves tenure because it. Certainly does for me, and 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 I mentioned some fans that only remember him in a negative way. There are a lot of fans who remember him in a uh, very positive way because of that. So yeah. I hope that there are a lot of people. And by the way, last year uh, on May was I say May twentieth, two thousand ten. Yeah, May twentieth of twenty eighteen. That was the uh, the anniversary of that game, and that was the day that the Braves staged that crazy ninth inning comeback against the Marlins. How about that? I think it was. I'm not sure it was the same score, but I think it was a similar six or seven run deficit they oh. came back from. So. Um, we need to try to get Brooks back. I I've just, not had any contact with him. I just looked him. I just just looked on the the old internet here, and according to, to Wikipedia, which take that with a grain of salt, but it <laughs> says here he's the manager of the Lexington Legends this year. How about that? Yeah, which and, is pretty cool. And is that a independent team, or are they actually part of the Kansas City Royals? Let's see. Uh, they are an affiliate. It says again, this is <laughs> Wikipedia doing my my best research here. It says here that they are the affiliate of the Royals. Okay, so you know who coaches with him up there is Glenn Hubbard. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. I did not know that's where yeah. he was now. Yeah, Hubby has been up there, and, and I didn't realize that Brooks also was the or was the manager or was he hitting coach. It says uh, it says here it says here that he is the uh, says here he's the manager. Okay, I think he well, just I know just it, became the manager this year. All right. Well, I know. Well, Hubby was there last year, so I think Hubby's back again. So I, I you know, this being his first year, well, good. Well. We wish him the best. That's a great. That's a good story. I, I am familiar with that, but would not have picked that out just yeah. because. I mean, there's so many of them, right? There's so many it. of them. And it's you just, know where you were for that one. That's and that's the whole. And I think, and again, that's why I wanted to preface at the beginning of the episode with these are just our our moments because it's just why they have meaning to us. And I'd yeah. love to anybody that wants to tweet us or send in emails or whatever with, with yours and where you were. Like, I'd love to read them. I'd love to yeah. hear about them. That'd be great. And that's – we'll go through the big Braves moments at the end, but yeah. these are our ones that mean – things that mean something to us. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to do one that's just super popular that everybody talks about, and that's the slide. But I'm going to talk about the story mm-hmm. after the story. Okay, so the story we know that in 1992 we're playing the Pirates and, and basically – Francisco Cabrera struck out on a pitch that the umpire didn't call. And then the next pitch, he hits it to Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds has a terrible arm. 
<laughs> he can't throw. Sid can't run, but somehow he beats the throw, and it's the slide of our franchise. Mm-hmm. And most unlikely duo, most unlikely person to hit it because he was pinch hitter. Francisco wasn't wasn't uh, he was kind of a journeyman a little bit, but he was the third catcher on the roster. Yeah, right? yeah. He okay. um, when Francisco was a professional hitter, he was great. And Francisco was up. Sid at second base. He makes a slide. Everybody goes crazy. I'm watching it in my apartment in Knoxville, Tennessee. I just spent two years in the minor leagues with the Braves. I'm on my second team, and I'm waiting to go to winter ball. So I'm waiting to go to Puerto Rico. So I'm I'm watching it. My wife's asleep, and I'm trying to scream, but be quiet. And you know, and and I'm and it's extra. Is it extra innings? I can't remember. Was it extra innings? It was, I think it was the ninth. But okay, I, it was the I ninth could be inning. mistaken. But it was late. It was late. It was late. And, yeah. and so I'm jumping up and down. I'm just as excited. I'm just as much a fan because I'm in the minor leagues. And and uh, so then I go to Puerto Rico and have a great season. And I end up getting an invite to big league camp, which would be the beginning in 1993. So I walk in, and there's David Justice Locker, and, and I'm right next to Greg Maddox. He had just signed with us. And so I don't know why I'm there. I don't <laughs> feel like I, you know, I had any right to be there, but I was just excited like a kid in a candy shop and, you know, trying to figure out all those things that you go through your mind. Am I good enough? Can I compete? Why am I here? You know, I'm not like these guys. I'm looking at Steve Avery and John Smoltz and – and uh you know, and I'm competing against guys like Mark Davis, who won the Cy Young, and competing against Jay Howells, a three-time All-Star with the Dodgers, and Steve Bedrosian, Cy Young, and Mark Wollers, he throws 100, and so on. And, and I'm competing with these guys. But I, um, what was really interesting is that I got a chance to know Sid off the field. He kind of befriended me, him, um, and we did some things together, and, and his wife and, uh, and my wife met, and my, we ended up staying with them. When I came to Atlanta, being a rookie on the team and not knowing, but but just having that picture of him sliding and then getting to know him, and he was just un, he's an unbelievable guy, and we're still friends today, and he's still involved. But just just viewing him like everybody else from the TV, and then actually being there in the clubhouse and becoming a teammate, and and understanding um, who he is as a man, you know, individual and a man, and just a, a really a neat guy, a godly man, and. Just really, uh, his friendship meant a lot during spring training because here I was just a young kid and not really knowing what was knowing the ropes, knowing what to do, and getting to know him and him kind of kind of just putting his arm around me and and saying, "Hey, you know, I think you got a chance to make the team and and this would be really good." And so we just had a great year together. So it was kind of starting there with the slide. Didn't know him other than just watching him on TV and then just experiencing one of the great Braves moments. And then here I was and, you know, a few months later hanging out with him and becoming one of his teammates and actually end up becoming one of his friends. So it was uh, it was a lot – it was a neat just a transition and seeing that. And um, so that's a, that's a big moment for me. That had to be surreal because that was instantly not only one of the biggest Braves moments, it was instantly one of the biggest moments in baseball history. It sure. still is 20s, what, 26, 27 mm-hmm. years later. And – Will will always be, yeah. Because it, it's just one of those things you couldn't have scripted it. It just it, and couldn't happen to a better guy. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah. When we have him on eventually, which I know we will at some yeah. point, uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to asking him about because this is one of these. Again, growing up in Virginia, this is one of these uh, legends I've heard, the, the tales I've heard over the years, and I just want to ask the man himself just to get the, exactly what what happened and is it true? 
He played at uh, college ball at Liberty University, I believe, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So I, I'm a, a graduate of James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Now, they've got, since got constructed brand-new baseball and softball stadiums, but the old baseball stadium where Sid and Liberty would have come and played JMU, as the story goes, this this the old baseball stadium is – right beside or right parallel with Interstate 81. Interstate 81 actually kind of runs through the middle of J- James Madison's campus. As the story goes, Sid once hit a home run at this old at the old JMU baseball stadium that went 500 feet and landed out on Interstate 81. <laughs> I've I've heard other pe- various people say no that is true that yeah. is ha- that happened. So I just look forward to meeting Sid. I just want to ask him about did yeah. you really hit a 500 footer? Did it land on I 81? That's 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 my biggest <laughs> thing. In addition to the slide, I also would like to know. There you go. You know, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, that's great. That's that's the the slide is. If we were actually rank, it would be interesting if we were actually trying to rank like the top mm-hmm. five Braves moments oh, of all time. Be, yeah, it's one of those. It's I I have seen lists like that where people have had that number one. Wow. Like even over Hank and some other things, which is interesting. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's that's tough because that's that's an all time moment. Oh sure, that's, but it's sure. up there. Well, I mean, obviously you can't. It's you hard can't to compare. Yeah. You know, hitting seven fourteen, hitting seven fifteen. Tough. And, yeah. I mean, that's 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 on one of my alternate lists. But um, that's another reason just, why we're doing our top five. <laughs> if hard. I was if I was there, it would certainly be probably my top five. Yeah, absolutely. But but not being there and, and experiencing the motion of it, and, and if I would have been a teammate. And seeing all that he went through, oh yeah, uh, I definitely would have been up there because I would have known what it meant not only to him, mm-hmm. to organization. Of course, we see all the effects of that. Yeah. And of course, I know Hank today, but I don't know Hank, you know, when he was playing. So that, that's the only reason why it's not up there. Not to say that it's it's not as big a feat or whatever. Like I said, these are personal. Yeah, these are all top personal. fives and yeah, and what they, what they. So it's all good. Yeah, I think yeah we we can get at the the end. I, but I do think that if you know if you're making me choose what one would I want to be there for, it, it would be hard to go against seven fifteen. Oh also. Yeah, yeah. So, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. All right, so we're up to number two now. All right, number two, number four, number two. Oh well, all right. I'm oh, counting oh, five, yeah, 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 yeah. four, three. Oh, However you want to do it, that's fine. But okay, on my list. All right, all right, I got you. Yeah. All right. So May second, two thousand twelve. Uh, I was a member of the MLB Fan Cave and was in the Fan Cave for this one. And there is a video, at least I haven't checked lately, but there's still a video of uh, me reacting to this as it happened on YouTube somewhere. So uh, this was a game against the Phillies. Um, it was actually, I believe the starters were Roy Halladay and Tommy Hansen, which is kind of a, a sad note to this, but it's still one of those things that just this game was – this game was absolutely bonkers. Let me let me just go through what well, you know. What, let me just go through the box score here. We get to all right. We're, the Phillies are visiting. They're in Atlanta at Turner Field. Going to the bottom of the fifth. Phillies are up six nothing. The Braves score six in the bottom of the fifth. So now we're tied up six all. Okay. We go to the sixth. The Braves score two. They're now up eight six. We go to the top of the seventh. Bra- uh, the Phillies score three. They're up now what nine eight. This math is going to get tricky here in a second. They're up 9, 8. All right, so then we go to the 8th. Phillies score three more. So now they're up 12. Uh, oh, crap, Greg. My, 12, my, eight. Yeah, 12, 8. Okay. All right, Braves score five in the bottom of the 8th. So now they're up 13, 13 12. 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We go to the top of the ninth. Now this is where now this is where I remember. Let me before we finish without finishes here. I, I remember now I'm in the fan cave with all these other baseball fans. I'm living there for the summer. All right, this was part of, for those of you who don't know, this was part of MLB's initiative at the time to 
This was their social media hub. So we were watching and documenting every single Major League Baseball game of the season. We're constantly just trying to go viral on YouTube, making videos, that kind of thing. Um, so I was there. There was another Braves fan that was also in the fan cave with me, Sean, Sean Kippins. And there was also a Phillies fan, Gordon, Gordon Mack, who was in there. This was the night. This is the point I do feel a little bit bad about. Gordon's parents were there visiting that night. And, of course, they're all rooting for the Phillies. The way that Sean and I ended up celebrating at the end of this had to have been obnoxious to them. And they were so sweet and so nice. And I still feel bad that we were celebrating so much at the end of this. But um, I remember we're going to the ninth inning. The Braves are up one. I think we said 13-12 at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, the man who was at the time head or close to being head of MLB PR, he's since moved on, um, he looks at me and he goes, there is no way that this game ends in nine innings. This is just not possible. And I'm like, come on, don't jinx me like that. He's like, I'm not jinxing <laughs> you. You've been watching this game. Look at this. This is the weirdest game I've ever seen. Like, there's no way. Sure enough, uh, Braves give up a run in the top of the ninth. We're now tied at 13. Braves don't score in the bottom of the ninth. Go to the extras. Tenth, nobody scores. We get to the eleventh, and I don't remember who got on, but Chipper in his final season comes up. In my honorable mentions is his final home run, his last walk off, which also happened against the Phillies later in the year. But this one is my number two. This is one of those moments I will never forget. He hits this walk off from the second it goes off the bat, and there's video again. There's video of me on YouTube. I start jumping up and down and losing my mind because it's <laughs> gone. This wacky game that's gone on for four hours or however mm -hmm. long. Sean literally, he's the other Braves fan. He is jumping up and down. He runs over. He jumps up and leaps at you know how Greg Olson jumped into John Small? Yeah. That's what it looked like. Sean jumped up and, and like I am we're bouncing up and down. I think we like ripped off like a shirt or a hat or something. And we had this giant uh you know those those slides like they have at like yeah. the kids' playgrounds, yeah, McDonald's yeah, yeah. and stuff. We had a giant one in the, the fan cave that started mm -hmm. on the top floor and went down. We both ran up and just went went sliding down the uh, the slide, and the video ends. I think with me, I think I went head first down the slide, and it wasn't very graceful. And I like belly flopped onto the floor, <laughs> and then got up, and I was out of breath, just going, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe that." I think game I saw happened. you. I think I saw yeah, you. it exists. So uh, Chipper's walk off. Uh, the the more memorable one for most folks is going to be his final one against the, also against the Phillies that mm -hmm. year, but mine was the first one in that crazy crazy game on uh, May second, two thousand twelve. Yeah. It's, it's funny you got walk-offs because as a pitcher, I don't really put walk-offs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got Scott. Yeah, yeah. Those aren't very – I don't care who they're against, even if we're having them up. Well, you had the slide. Yeah, that's true. That wasn't a walk-off homer, though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I do have a lot of walk-off homers here, don't I? Well, those are the, these are the ones that are uh, two walk-off there are There are all walk-offs, or some of them are walk-offs. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Those My list, Greg. My list. And yeah. I'm sticking with hey, it. Hey, I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, what's what's your, we're up to okay. your next to last here. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to have to go with um, I'm a rookie, 1993. 1993, I could have done a top 20 list just that year because you think about um, the fire, you think about yeah. all the crazy things that happened that year, coming back 10 games on the San Francisco Giants. There was um, – there's – you think about what happened and with uh, they had ball day out in San Francisco and they pelted us with 
baseballs oh, the last no. time they had ball day. Pelted <laughs> us with they didn't like something the game the umpire and something happened in the game. God, I couldn't find it. I was looking all over trying to find out what happened. But I just remember Dion. This is not this is not it. But I remember <laughs> Dion running in with his hands over his head, saying, "Don't hit me! Don't hit me!" <laughs> and the balls are just flying from all over San Francisco. I don't know if you know those people are nasty out there. I don't know. They, man, they're just firing balls at our whole team, and they have to come on the pier and say, "Please do not throw the balls on objects onto the field." I mean, there's not like they're throwing paper cups like you know I mean, they're yeah. going baseball so coming from the upper deck that might hurt a little bit right yeah i would so, say so anyway yeah. that that was something that uh that made my honorable mention okay but, but anyway there was something that was really um interesting so and in, in, we're in st louis and i may have shared this story before i don't know but uh i'm i'm a rookie and i'm in the bull and the way the bullpens are situated it's not really to tell it's not easy to tell what's going on in the game we didn't have big screen tvs in the bullpen then I mean, you're pretty much just out there among the fans and or some hole in the wall where you're out there uh, warming up, and it's hard to pay attention to what's going on. So, anyway, Steve Avery gets knocked out in, like, the fourth inning, and I come – Bobby calls me. I come running in. At that point, I was as not was not closing. I was kind of your – I was basically the 11th pitcher on the team. So, I was in the mop-up role. So, I come in for Steve, and as I'm running by third base, of course, the old Bush Stadium, it's turf – you know it's um, it's hot and uh, but the people are really nice. I mean it's just the environment's really cool, but it's just uh, wasn't a great place to pitch just because turf. You know turf mm-hmm. for pitchers is you should be allergic to that. But <laughs> so I run by TP and TP just kind of tells me, hey, you better get that guy. And I was like, oh, wonder what that's about. You know I didn't think much about it, but I thought, well, I guess you know Damon Berryhill was catching. I go, I'm thinking in my head, well. He didn't really expound on that, but I guess Damon will let me know. He's, you know, the catcher's always kind of the captain of the team. The catcher will let you know if there's something going on. So he walks out and um, doesn't say anything. And so um, so I start warming up and I pitch, and all of a sudden uh, there's maybe one out. End up getting out of the inning. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, what's he talking about? And I get down the bench uh, after the inning. I said, TP, I said, what's going on? Who am I supposed to get? And he said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. When the pitcher comes up, we want you to drill him. And um, I said, okay. So, uh, so I go back out there, and um, the pitcher's up first. And it was Omar Oliveris. So, uh, Latin guy that um, come to find out, he had knocked down Dion. He had knocked down Otis. He had thrown inside on David. He had knocked down um, Ronnie Gant. I mean, he was like uh, – he'd hit Blouser. So, I mean, he was just all – he was just one of those guys who was all over the place. But – he wasn't all over the place. He he specifically was going was going inside and then knocking people down. And so there was and I also didn't know there would have been a history with the Braves pitching staff that the, the position players didn't feel very well protected. They didn't feel like that they were um standing up for them like they should. So this had gone on for the, the couple of years prior. Now, you know, we're in nineteen ninety three, so ninety one, ninety two and um, so, anyway, the pitcher comes up, and I throw a ball inside of the very first pitch. And it was supposed to be, you know, to knock him down. Well, I don't get it in enough, and he fouls it off. Thank God he fouled it <laughs> off. But I didn't even dare turn around because I just kind of put my head down, got the ball, went back to the mound, and I felt eight daggers <laughs> fired with eye- <laughs> eyeballs with fire at me coming up. So, I said, well, that ain't going to happen again. So, I get up there, and I throw a ball right in his ear hole. 
and um and he goes down the ground his helmet comes off his bat's flying he's gets dust himself off and he's squirming around like a cockroach on the ground you know and uh i mean i couldn't have laid it out i'm just i'm thankful i didn't hit him but i'm I'm so it couldn't have worked any better so i go in the dugout and you had thought i just threw a no hitter i mean the uh, position players high five I mean, they're all that's the way you do it i hope everybody <laughs> saw that from the rookie that's the way <laughs> and so and what's funny is i never had to do that again the rest of my career how about that yeah but but that was just one time where that was just a big moment, especially for a young guy, mm-hmm. that you were able to get a lot of respect from guys, especially your your teammates. And I'm borrowing from my Sopranos and Goodfellas <laughs> fandom here. It's almost like that's the day you became a made man, yeah. at least with the position players, that's right. right? Yeah, that's right. So did you? So you didn't actually hit him, but it just it was hit right, hit it right. Well, you know the they have in in the big leagues you got yeah. one side that has a ear yeah. flap and it has a hole we right. called it we said aim for the ear hole yeah. that was a so did it actually get no it? no okay. it just was he going there okay. and he just right. he just had to bite it you okay know, he just had to lay back on the deck so did what what was the did, what did you do did you no warning out? i didn't get a warning yeah okay no he yeah. just next pitch i i threw a little something away and just be a little ground ball okay. weak ground ball and picked it up through it first and did he give you any any looks? Or no, he, he knew, knew exactly the deal? what was. He knew yeah. the deal. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. He was probably thankful he didn't get hit too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I like that. But That's he really did good. try. He was trying his best to get a hit. After oh, I that, bet. Was, was like, <laughs> okay. It wouldn't matter to me. I didn't care if he got a hit. <laughs> <laughs> you did what you were supposed I did, to do. Yeah, I, was I love it. Oh, it's great. Uh, okay. Well, we are to number one now, Greg. For nice. each of our top five personal top five uh, Braves moments now. I am probably going to be very much accused of recency bias here, uh, and that's a fair criticism, but at least allow me to exp- – you know, those out there who are screaming at your radio or, or whatever you're listening to us on, uh, at least allow me to explain. My number one uh, personal moment would be September twenty second, 2018, uh, the Braves clinching the NL East. Now, let me explain why. Because, again, my – number one. That wow, is. Okay. And let, let me explain why. So in 2015, as I've if you if you've been listening this whole time, you've heard me mention Virginia a couple of times because that's where I'm from, that's where I'm born and raised, that's where I basically live most of my life. Uh, I relocated, moved 500 miles down to Atlanta, three states away from my family. They're all still there to take the job that I'm currently working here with with Major League Baseball and the Braves. Moving away from all of that, all of my best friends, all my family was not easy. Uh, but for me, for this job and for this opportunity, I felt like there was no way I could turn it down. Uh, so I did it. And I, when I moved down here, it was basically at the very beginning of the rebuild, right? Early 2015. I started just after the 2015 season started. And that was, if you, you've been following the Braves the last few years, starting in 15 and the couple years after that were, were pretty tough mm-hmm. on the field. Um. So when when we started pl- when the team started playing really well last year and it was it's just so much fun and we're closing in on it and then it's like okay we're might, we're actually going to win this thing or at least then at least the moment of sitting there in the press box when the fly ball goes up to Acuna and left now I swear this is going to sound very like you know over the top dramatic <laughs> and all this like no okay dude you're just blowing smoke but I swear to you this is honestly what it was like for me because there's only a few seconds that ball was in the air. But as I watched it go in the air, in those few seconds, all of these things flashed through my mind of 
these great people that I get to work with here mm. and all of us and everything that we had kind of gone through, like, I don't want to say we suffer because we all loved our jobs, but it was, it's tough sometimes, you know, you, you want to work in sports. It's always fun when you're losing and you're losing badly and you're losing repeatedly and you're starting out a season 0 and 9 and the season's essentially, at least from a postseason perspective, kind of over right when it begins, it can be, it can be tough. And, I just had this moment of flashing through all these kind of tough moments that with having gone through these tough moments with these people that I work with every day who are so talented, who are who I love, who I just love working with and love personally, that are my friends. And I just had this moment of everything, me moving, me moving away from my family to do this job uh, and getting to work with these amazing people every day for the last three or four years. Not that it wouldn't have been worth it without it in the East, but in that moment, it was like every bit of it would just meant so much more to me. Because it's like this is what this is what all that sacrifice is for. Mm. This is what all those long nights are for. This is what not being able to see my family when I want to was this moment right here, and it and it felt exactly like I hoped it would. It was pure elation, and I was like, this is why I did this. Mm. This is why because to watch a story like this unfold in front of my eyes every day, and to see it in person come to fruition. A team that wasn't supposed to do what it did win then yeah. at least. Uh, it was fantastic. That that moment, I didn't cry, but I got to tell you, I felt some real raw emotion deep down in me in that moment. Uh, and I was glad I had my sunglasses on because it was <laughs> it was right on the verge there yeah. feeling it. So that that moment was that's a I'll, I'll cherish that moment well, forever. That, that's cool because sometimes, well, I don't even know if it crosses the fans' minds or our listeners' minds, but we have a bunch of people that work here that are heavily invested. In the mm-hmm. Braves, we all work for the Braves, and of course, you know, I, I, being a player, you know, it's it's even different. You know, you don't always think about as a player on the field. You don't think about all the people that the jobs that they're doing, from the ushers to the marketing department for ticket sales. You don't think about them necessarily because you know the game revolves around you to some degree. But I'm gonna tell you what, I've gained so much respect for the people that I work with now, and all the things that go on in the stadium and in the minor leagues with because you know we own uh, most all of our minor league teams but one they are heavily invested in the Braves and they want them to succeed and so we are just like the fans from the standpoint that we want to see them do well we take a lot of pride in working for the the Atlanta Braves because it's a great organization and we want the guys to do well we we have just as much we're as much competitive about when the Phillies come to town as the team is Mm-hmm. We don't get to we don't get to act it out, right? But we get to cheer and and but we're listening to the scores. We want to know who's moving up and down. We want to know who we sign, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I I'm right there with you. And that's one of my honorable mentions is is uh, a time where I got to spend this past se- um, postseason mm-hmm. that I actually watched a game in the stands with my wife. Oh yeah. yeah so nice. I let my daughter and her her husband go to the Saturday night game which Acuna hit the grand slam right and then um and then the next day we didn't win but we got to go to the next well I guess it was a Sunday game and I just remember being really special just to sit there and like you knowing that where the team had been and of course even before that being a player and seeing how the organization had grown through the 14 straight championships being heavily invested as an alumni and then going through the rough patch and then it just seemed like a lot of satisfaction to be there, not only – and then be able to share that with my wife because she had been mm-hmm. – obviously she had been through all that 
with me, and but we had never sat in the stands and watched <laughs> the game together before like that. And it was fun. We just had a great time, and we were cheering, and, and we were excited for the team and just seeing the buzz and the excitement of the fans, knowing that where we were now where we are. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was a special moment for me, too, and my family as well, and that was one of my honorable mentions. So, That's right awesome. there with you. Yeah, that was, you know, the, the whole moment, and then, of course, you know, he catches it, and then you kind of, for me, I had to immediately flash out of that because I literally had, like, four buttons that I had to, like, actual <laughs> buttons that needed to be pushed within the next ten seconds, and and then, you know, you're, you're cranking out stuff working as hard as you can. Because uh, in what I do on the social media marketing side, that's that's your yeah. when you're winning in those big moments. That's when that's your time to shine. It's also your time to you are working and you everything that's coming in. You're getting gathering stuff, distributing stuff, putting stuff out wherever mm-hmm. it needs to go. Yeah, whether it's social media, the email, whatever, all of it has, has to be happening. That, uh, but once all of that was kind of settled down and we all gathered uh, on the upper level of Terrapin Tap Room here at the at the ballpark. Uh, going over and getting to like hug, like literally hugging all these people I've worked with every day for the last couple of years. And it's, we didn't do it because it's the team did it, but it was that feeling of like, we did it, you know, we, 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 we made it here. Our guys did it for us. And then mm-hmm. we're up there taking our pictures with the 2018, you know, in banner yeah, and all that. That's and awesome. that. Those are things I'll cherish. And, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll supplant that as number one will be, uh, when we win a world series and I get to do all that again. Get to take there all those go. pictures and have those feelings again. So that's good, I, and I'm convinced it will happen at some point. Yeah. So yeah, me too. Very nice. All right, so that's my top five. So I'm I'm anxious to hear what is Greg McMichael's yeah. number one personal my, Braves moment. My number one personal Braves moment is um, let me set this up a little bit. So I was I was drafted by the Cleveland Indians in 1988, and was a was at one point one of their top pitching prospects had moved up the organization pretty quick, and I'd gotten to AAA within two years. But I end up hurting my knee, and um, they knew I had hit, had a history of knee problems. And I don't know if I've shared this, but I've had, I was diagnosed with a rare cartilage disease called osteochondritis desiccans very young when I was 13. And so when, I, um, when they found out that I'd hurt my knee again, they basically told me to retire. And they said that um, we don't think you're ever going to you know, be able to pitch like you had pitched before, and so we're going to release you. So uh, Roy Clark, one of our longtime great scouts, had drafted me with the Indians, and then I went to him said, hey, they released me. He was now with the Braves. He, he watched me pitch. He said, I think you're fine. Um, I want to re-sign you. So he signed me. I go back to A-ball, and I have to work my way back through the organization. And there were points along the way where I didn't recover as quick as I thought I would, you know, as I prayed and asked, God to take care of, take the pain out of my knees. Um, you know, eventually it's, it subsided and, and I was able to perform, but that's where I really learned my change up in the minor leagues that my second round through the minor leagues. And so I, that eventually got me to the big leagues because I developed a pitch that people couldn't hit. I could strike them out with it and it was a little unique. So fast forward from, um, being released in in uh, in 1991, and then signing with the Braves, and then making the big league team, and then here we are in the World Series in '95. And who are we playing? We're playing the Cleveland Indians. The guy who had released me um, had moved up just like I did up in the in the Indians organization. He was now the assistant GM, and so we just win the World Series. And so it takes me to my number one moment, where I'm in the clubhouse and. At Fulton County Stadium, we had a long rectangular open clubhouse. 
it wasn't really big, but um, there were two big blue doors that went out into the tunnel, which led to the field. And so we're popping champagne and, and you know, I'm we're doing my thing like everybody else. And for some reason, everything slowed down and I'm in the middle of the clubhouse by myself, it seemed like, and I'm in front of the blue doors. And all of a sudden, the blue doors open, and I'm, I'm shaking the champagne, and I look up, and the dude from the Cleveland Indians is staring <laughs> me in the face. And he walks up, and he goes, congratulations. I'm happy for you. And he walks away. And I'm like going, did anybody see that? <laughs> I'm thinking, did anybody realize the significance of that in me, besides me? But it was really cool how – you know, and I, I don't look back bitter about what the Cleveland Indians did because it was the best thing in the world that ever happened to me. But it just seemed like that that's not something that just happens every day. And so um, that was just all the things that happen. You think about all the struggles you go through as a as a young man. And, of course, from baseball perspective, you think about working your way up through the system. You 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 grind it out in the minor leagues and you you know you put all this time and effort into your career and of course you know people have that experience in whatever field that they're in that they pay their dues and then all of a sudden one day you think you're just gonna reap the rewards of all that hard work and it's just that all hit me at that one point but I was by myself with a bottle of champagne <laughs> shaking and spraying it and all of a sudden this huge moment happened and I'm looking around like did anybody see that? <laughs> so, um, so anyway, that was cool. So that's 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 my number one. But that's like I awesome. said, there was a ton of other. Um, well, that's uh, see, that's and this is why I wanted us to do this without knowing what the, what each other's list was because I was wondering like, will the winning the World Series be his number one? But it was it was more specifically that moment where it all everything really came full circle for you, and that is awesome. Talk yeah. about a storybook way to yeah. You can just win the World Series. I mean, the guy released you in that moment. You see him and. Yeah, he wasn't like a. This wasn't like a fig. This wasn't like an imagination or a dream you were having, right? This really happened. No, he's on MLB right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no, yeah. he's not on. <laughs> he's not on. The Somebody t- just turned the TV Somebody on. Turned in here. The TV yeah. On. <laughs> but uh, he's on. He's on MLB. Okay. And gotcha. he's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. He's okay. A, he's a former GM oh, of about the that. Rockies, but he was assistant, and he was my minor league director. Okay. And so. Um, well, how about that? Yeah. Well, that was really cool. That that's uh, hearing your five uh, was really in, 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 you know entertaining for me. I hope mine were at least somewhat entertaining for you. Uh, I am curious. So let's let's run through some of our honorable mentions here. I sure. mentioned Bobby Cox Day for me was definitely in there. Chipper's final walk off. I mentioned uh, Brian McCann's 20, uh, 2005 NLDS uh, home run against Roger Clemens. Uh, the, I had mentioned the 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 ninth inning comeback against the Marlins in 2018, which happened on the same day as the Brooks Conrad walk off. Acuna's home run streak last year isn't there isn't really one moment from it that sticks out, but the whole thing being witnessing that whole thing as it was happening and like coming to the ballpark every day and going, is he going to do it again today? And like one time when he you know he I think it was the third or fourth one in a row. Where I literally looked at the guy next to me and said, uh, "Is he going to do it again today?" And the guy was like, "I don't know. I don't think so today." <laughs> and then, boom, he hits it, and I start smacking the guy on the arm, going, "He just did it. He just did it. He just did it." So there's there's a bunch of those. Those are other personal ones for me. Um, and then we could get into the, I mean, the just all time Braves moments. There's so yeah, many. Yeah, you went forward. I was going to go back. So yeah. I would have loved to have been there for the 13th win in 1982. Oh yeah. That mm-hmm. look, I've seen video of that. That looked like that was some. Um, that was pretty exciting. The the fans were, obviously they're going crazy, but I think the town 
was excited because they didn't have some very good teams there for a while. Joe Torrey was manager. Brett Butler was leading off. I mean, you had some real care, you know, Bob Horner and right. Chris Chambliss and those guys. So that was a pretty good team. They ended up going on to win the National League West that year. But um, – and they got beat um, in the National League Championship. So that would have been a game that I would have loved to have been at. There were some great characters on that team, some great players, Bob Horner, Chris Chambliss. Um, Brett Butler was leading off, so some great alumni that I'm I'm friends with. That would have been pretty exciting. The fans were uh, – well, it wasn't just the fans. The whole town was thinking Braves baseball. And so I've seen some video on it. It's pretty cool. I think another one for me, I would have loved to have been able to see games pitched by Warren Spahn mm, yeah. and Johnny Sane. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have sat down uh, with Johnny Sane and talked pitching. He was a man way ahead of his time. Of course, I've said this before, and we're going to have Leo Mazzoni on hopefully here in the next few weeks. He mentored Leo Mazzoni, and um, and then Leo mentored us. But Johnny Sane was one of those guys that that was way ahead of his time. But he was also as a coach. But he was also a great pitcher. You know, Warren Spawn had an unbelievable career. That was, un- I mean, his numbers are crazy. But you take into account that he was a war hero, hero right. as well, and uh, the things that he did um, in combat was were pretty amazing, as well as being a phenomenal. Uh, generational pitcher that was one thing uh, I would have loved to have been a fan in the stands during the worst the first year in 91 mm-hmm. and as the chop began because the the alumni that I talked to who were involved in that the Marvin Freemans and David Justice said something about it mm-hmm. when uh, when he was on the podcast a couple couple days uh, weeks ago the excitement and the electricity that was in the air. And I, now I experienced that in 93 because it was still just as strong, but probably nothing like it was in 91 when it just started and people were just, you know, out of their mind. Mm-hmm. I remember watching team. as a kid and seeing the chop becoming a thing and wanting a foam, as a little kid, wanting one of those foam tomahawks so bad. <laughs> and then one of my parents, when they happened to be on a trip or the, where they were coming through Atlanta, I think that they they there was a brave store at the airport at the time or something or somewhere somehow or another they got their hand one of them got their hands on one of these tomahawks at the at the airport and they brought it back to me and again this is pre internet obviously and being able to order anything at any time from your front, like all of that like it was it wasn't easy to just yeah no buy Amazon. everything yeah exactly <laughs> uh and when they showed up and surprised me with that tomahawk man I cherished that thing like it was like cuz I remember it was the coolest thing seeing this chop thing like just start happening organically yeah. it was awesome yeah you know? well yeah. here's one that we never talk about and that's bob horner's four home runs in one game fantastic in 1996 in july that was 86 some, right yeah what i say you said 96 oh i was just crazy. i got 90s on the brain yeah, yeah that's 86. Right. that's understandable 86 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i'm going back to 86 so that's something i've seen videos of i've seen uh mark Witten, former brave but at the time i think he was with the reds i saw him hit four home runs in a game so I would love to have been there, you know, in Fulton County Stadium when Bob Horner did that. I talking about moments you'd love to have been there for, but seven fifteen like is just we talked about that. That's mm-hmm. like number one, I think. I'll tell you when it's pretty high on my list. Would have been uh, all right, and I'm again, I'm I'm trusting the internet here to be my to be the for this date to be factual. Uh, if you read it on the internet, it must be true. Abraham Lincoln said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, all right. So May twenty fifth, nineteen thirty five is the date I've got here. Uh, Babe Ruth three home run game as a Boston Brave. Mm. I would have loved to have been there for that. Now that's like that's the ending. Spoiler alert! If you've ever seen the movie The Babe did, with John Goodman, did he pitch that game too? 
I don't think he pitched that one. I don't think he was doing much other than just trying to hit bombs. Um, uh, but uh, to he's, like the end of the Babe, which the Babe being a good movie is definitely debatable. Um, but it's still, I saw it as a kid, and, and it wasn't a film critic as a kid, it. and I liked it. Yeah. Uh, but I do like that final scene of of the Babe, John Goodman as the Babe hitting three three home runs. Uh, that had been a cool one to be there for uh, him as a Boston Brave. Um, just seeing Babe Ruth, period. But because of my Braves fandom, seeing his one one big moment in a Braves uniform would have been now, cool. Now I tell you uh, a bizarre moment for me um, in Cincinnati again, and this is old Riverfront. So I'm sitting there, and of course the bullpens weren't very far from the dugout. So you you really would sit. You could sit, and there were a few places: Montreal. Um, Cincinnati, uh, Houston, where you could sit in Chicago, where you could kind of sit in the dugout. And then if Bobby or Leo said, hey, you need to go warm up, you could just be down there in two seconds and it wasn't a big deal. So I'm sitting there in Cincinnati and um, TP's at third again. Mm -hmm. And he walks off the field. And he gets his glove, throws it, says, I'm tired of this crap, and, and walks off and – and I guess people thought he might have been going to the bathroom or something, but he never came back. Oh, <laughs> no. He never came back. And come to find out that uh, he was uh, – one of our pitchers was on the mound and did, wasn't taking care of business and uh, didn't feel protected and, and uh, felt like that we weren't doing our jobs. And so he just decided he was taken to the house. And we were all looking at each other like, did he just walk off the field? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> and, and so I think it was, uh, I don't know, one of the young guys that had to go. Bobby said, hey, go. you need to go third base. And so he just walked up to third base and said, all right, we're good. Let's keep playing. <laughs> it, was, it was really bizarre, but that was one of those crazy moments in yeah. Braves history. I don't know how much that's ever been done. I, I, mean, I haven't of course, heard of that one before. Of course, Bobby taking Andrew out of center field was bizarre, but yeah. this is where it'd be – can you imagine just Andrew walking off center field and dugout and said, Bobby, I'm good, I'm going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody looking at each other, that's kind of how it felt, like going, what's going on? Yeah. All right, it was just one of those bizarre moments. I, bizarre moments. I love – I am all in on position players pitching, getting to see them pitch. Yeah. Like, Culberson last year, who threw a 94, by the way, yeah. it was fun. Uh, when Johnny Gomes did it in 2015, I guess, that was such a bit. We were all sitting there scrambling. Where I'm like, is that? I looked at my binoculars like, is that Johnny Gomes? I'm like, it is Johnny Gomes warming up out there. And at that time, a position player hadn't pitched for the Braves. I think the previous time before that had been 1989. Mm -hmm. Maybe it had been a while. Uh, so when he came in and then he was kind of hamming it up out there, like those little bizarre moments and position players pitching are always funny to me anyways yeah. i don't know how pitchers oh, feel about it but it's hilarious to yeah. me and that you know what i shouldn't say hilarious because culberson he held his own last hey year. well they they try to say that it's like when we <laughs> go up to plate and we try to hit uh-huh right and uh i mean did you see um uh you know we saw uh, max free the other night get up there he swings a bat pretty good yeah got a hit last night and and yeah. uh did pretty good so uh, there was plenty of us that we took a lot of pride in our hitting but you know the position players try to say well, like us pitching is kind of like you hitting we said no 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 yeah. it's not pitchers are athletes right yeah, that's your right. athlete yeah that's finally right. tuned we just, athletes I'm we just don't yeah. get enough work it's not that we can't do it. we just don't get enough <laughs> right. work doing it right that's understandable <laughs> you got a lot of the stuff you got to deal with that's, that's right, right. All right. Well, this has been this has been a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna start sprinkling in some of these uh, I don't call them solo shows, but just shows where it's just you and me, and we're kind of going through a we'll, we'll pick a topic and we'll we'll run through it. And we thought a, a kind of a little mini countdown would be a fun place to start. 
if you got any ideas, if you got something you want to hear us kind of discuss for an hour or whatever, tweet tweet at us. You know, let us know. We'd we'd love to hear any suggestions. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here every week on Behind the Brave. So uh, we're going to be here all season. We're going to have some fun. We got some fun guests lined up. Don't want to tease uh, next week's guests because it's it's. I don't like to tease until it has actually happened. You just never know. But uh, we're pretty excited about the next one. It's going to be kind of a a different deal from what we've done here before on Behind the Brave. So. Looking forward to a fun, uh, fun summer, and we hope you enjoyed our top five moments. Don't, don't hate us if you hate the moments. It was just our personal ones. We, so let us know yours, and we'll, we'll go through it. So, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mass. Thank you all so much. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe behind the Braves on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend, tweet about it, uh, share it on your Instagram story, uh, whatever you can do to help spread the word. We really appreciate it. So, uh, we will see you next week here on Behind the Braves.